0: You're listening to the Loveland Strong Podcast, sharing stories of struggle, endurance, and hope for the people of the Sweetheart City. Welcome back. Good to have you once more here on the Loveland Strong podcast. My name is Bryson Lilly. For those of you who might be new with us today, welcome. Good to have you. Got another encouraging interview on tap for today. That's what we're doing here if this is your first time. This podcast is all about hope. I've been going out and tracking down leaders in the city of Loveland, Colorado and the surrounding region trying to figure out how these movers and shakers are dealing with the COVID-slash-politically-tense-slash-racially-divided-slash-generally-difficult time we live in. It's been a fascinating case study in personalities and how they deal with stress, especially today's interview, or interviews, I guess I should say, because I have two gentlemen who joined me on this one. About a month and a half ago, I was able to sit down with Loveland's police chief, Bob Tyser, and assistant chief, Ray Butler, and we had a good talk about law enforcement and the microscope they've been under recently. Many of us remember back to the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, the horrifying footage of a police officer kneeling on his neck. The video, along with the fact that George Floyd passed away during the incident, touched off a string of protests and controversies. For better or for worse, law enforcement was right at the center of that. Now, let me just say I am an outsider looking in on this issue. I do have close friends who are law enforcement officer and an uncle who served in the Albuquerque Police Department in New Mexico, but I am by far not an expert. From where I sit, and let me acknowledge that I am a white cisgender male, so I realize the privilege I have when I make this statement. From my vantage point, the protesters are bringing some ugly truths to light. It is a fact that Blacks, African Americans, and minorities are treated differently by some police officers, but not all. I think that's the point that Chief Tyser and Assistant Chief Butler make in this interview. It's so problematic when you use broad-brush terms to describe groups like police officers. What is true in a big law enforcement jurisdiction like Denver, Dallas, Chicago, some of the bigger cities, may not be true in some of the smaller towns like Loveland, Greeley, Johnstown, some of our surrounding area. The dynamics are different. The police officers involved are different, so it's unfair to automatically assume what's happening there is happening here. Could it be happening here in Loveland? Well, it's possible. Honestly, I haven't been arrested ever before, so I don't know. Again, this area of law enforcement is something I am an outsider looking into. I don't have intimate insider knowledge of it. And I want to make sure and recognize there is a definite counter-argument to the ones that Chief Tyser and Chief Butler make in this interview. But remember, that's not the job of this podcast to bring out. I'm not a hard-hitting journalist, friends. I'm a simple city pastor who's trying to find stories of hope to share with people, to lift them up. So that's what I aimed for in this interview— I asked about where hope was for the Loveland City Police, how Chief Tyser and Chief Butler saw it, and the result is what you're about to hear. I am completely open to hearing how the other sides would think about this, so if there's a member of Black Lives Matter or another uh, group focusing on racial justice and you'd like to talk about where hope is for you, please, please reach out to me hit me up at the email for this podcast, lovelandstrong at gmail.com. I'm hoping to expand this into a second season, and it would be wonderful to start off with that alternative point of view to all this. So let's dive into it now. Let's hear what Chief Robert Tyser and Assistant Chief Ray Butler have to say about hope in law enforcement and the city of Loveland, Colorado. This interview was recorded on September the 28th, 2020 at the Loveland City Police Department. We were socially distant in a conference room wearing masks, which is why the sound gets muffled from time to time. Well, I am blessed to be sitting here today with Assistant Chief Butler and Chief Tyser. Gentlemen, thank you for speaking with me about this. It is much appreciated.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. So just to start off, I mean, people recognize your names from newspaper articles, but they probably don't know who you are as people. So just give a brief snapshot of who you are, why you love this town, and why you do what you do in law enforcement.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, I just passed uh, 31 years in law enforcement the other day, uh, in addition to uh, four, four years of law enforcement in the military. So I've been carrying a, a badge and a gun since I was 18 years old. And uh, so when you think about what we do and why we do it, most of us, including me, do it because it's a calling. It's something that uh, I've wanted to do ever since I was a uh, little boy. I hadn't wanted to do any other job other than be a professional athlete or a game warden. And wasn't too crazy about the science part of college and wasn't quite good enough to make it out of high school basketball. So here you go. Um, so when it comes to uh, policing, that's why I do it. My dad was a police officer. I'm sure uh, Assistant mm. Chief Butler will give you some background on his family. Uh, but it's it's something that is, uh, is a calling. It's all I wanted to do. So. That's why I do it. I, I love to serve the, the, the public and the community, and uh, Loveland's a great place to do that. Um, I've had an opportunity to be in a few other communities, but I always grow attached to that community wherever I've been at, and this is one. And uh, what's important to know is uh, myself and, and the, the fine men and women that serve in law enforcement, their desire is to serve an entire community, not just uh, parts of a community. And that's something that I think gets lost out there. Uh, police officers want to serve everyone. As a matter of fact, when they when they go about their business on a daily basis in, in the community and save lives, and we watch them saving, saving lives uh, daily, when you see that, when you see an officer doing um, c- chest compressions on a cardiac arrest uh, person, um, they don't even know their name. They don't even know who they are. When they're treating a gunshot victim, uh, you, you watch that and you see that, they don't know that person. Uh, that's powerful when you think about who they serve uh, they go to a call and they they handle the situation regardless who the person is uh, we're, we're missing that i think a little bit in in communities and in, in the media right now when uh, uh, folks are uh, wanting to pit law enforcement against other members of the community uh, that's not the case law enforcement here is here to serve everyone in the community and we're seeing it we and we've always seen that you said
0: a lot there and i look forward to unpacking it with you Uh, some wonderful stuff. I like your verbiage of this is a calling. That definitely resonates with me and what I've been called to as my profession. So definitely get back to some of that. But first, Assistant Chief Butler, please introduce yourself.
1: I I just went over 26 years in law enforcement, uh, eight years in the military prior to that. So I've uh, served the country in some way, shape, or form for my entire adult life much like the Chief has. Um, I think that my calling to law enforcement comes from uh, the family business. I have um, multiple family members that have been in all aspects of law enforcement and continue to be in law enforcement. So it's something I grew up with, and uh, was kind of ingrained in me the, uh, the calling to serve, and, and I, there's not, not a more honorable profession out there than being a law enforcement officer. Uh, every day, they, these men and women in this department put on their uniform to go out and uh, save lives, fight crime, and then survive. That's our motto as a department, and uh, you can see it every day. As much as like the chief talked about, uh, we have the luxury of technology nowadays, where we can go back and watch the body-worn cameras of officers that are doing great things, and um, it's uh, it makes us proud every day. These officers that go out every day and. Men and women that just serve and, and do all these great things
0: Both of you come from a family background in this, and uh, I actually do have a family member who's an Albuquerque police department officer, my uncle. So uh, I, I understand kind of what it's like to have a law enforcement present in the family. but moreover, uh, I'm, I'm really connecting with this idea of you see people in your family living this profession, this calling, because my parents are both preachers. There you go. What is it about seeing somebody you love in this profession, in this calling? How does that influence you?
2: Well, as uh, Assistant Chief Butler mentioned, um, the type of people that are in law enforcement, my experience and and the experience of the hundreds Mm -hmm. of thousands of police officers in this country is You're surrounded by highly ethical, integrity-based, honest-based people who are trustworthy. So it is a group of people, both family and friends and colleagues, that I enjoy being around because I know they are at the the pillar of integrity and honesty. And that makes it uh, so easy to go to work and and be around those people because uh, they're trustworthy and uh, they're role models. Yeah, it's
0: uh, there's so much overlap between our two worlds here. I mean, looking at some of my colleagues and yeah, moral integrity, trustworthy is definitely some of the verbiage I would use and pillars of community people. You can build around people. You can trust. Absolutely.
1: Uh, just, I mean, exactly what the chief is saying. I, uh, I grew up hearing my parents who are both police officers talk about doing the right things, the right reasons, the right way, and that was always ingrained in me, and uh, um, I I don't think there's any other way to live your life than to to do that, and this gives us the opportunity every day to do those things for the community, uh, for yourself, for your family, for other people's families, and uh, I just don't, I really don't know any other way.
0: See if you'd agree with this, And, and if you don't, that's totally okay, but when it comes to seeing people in your family doing worthy professions like this. I think part of the draw is, when you see those things done well, when you see these professions that mean something to people, that do things that are important in the community, police saving lives, preventing crime, clergy stepping in and helping people in hard life moments, when you see that and you see a family member who does that well and builds good relationships and community around that, you wanna be a part of that, don't you? very much so yeah i think that's some of the draw to some of the more demanding professions because when they're done right when they're done with love there's no better feeling in the world you create honest connections between people and the world is the way it should be i'll get off my sermon soapbox now (laughs) well that's your job (laughs) it is it is definitely hearing a lot of experience a lot of love for people community keeping safety Paramount, how is that being tested in this time of COVID and unrest? And what's it like for you? What's it like for the men and women you lead? What's it like for our community in your view?
1: I think that um, one of the things that we're seeing is uh, law enforcement officers are used to dealing with adversity on, on a lot of different levels. So I don't think that the day in and day out is affecting our officers. Mm-hmm. Um, to an extreme, I think that it's affecting the officers' families. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, worrying more about them. There's something else to worry about. There's there's more adversity that they see their spouses, um, or family members facing, and I think that's probably where we're seeing it more so. I think it's more the families because uh, law enforcement officers, you know, they they're not stones. You know, they they go out and they have emotion and things like that, but part of this job is dealing with adversity, you know, hourly, daily, weekly, monthly. So I think that's the biggest thing that I've noticed is I think the concern of the family members.
0: And so in many ways, this is all nothing new to you all, but to your family, to the support system for you and your officers, they're feeling the brunt of it a little more than they're used to. Yes. Mm i imagine it's that way with several professions right now i'm thinking of online educators i mean we're sending teachers into schools and their families are having to deal with that and people going to work at walmart probably are wondering about that now they go to be there in person to help people but they don't know if that's a risk that's going to put them in danger and yeah everybody's on edge it seems
1: i would agree with that yes
0: yeah and for people who are perpetually on edge like police officers, it's, I would imagine when the tension is ratcheted up around you, it just makes it that much harder to do what you
2: feel called to do. Well, it's not the most difficult profession. When you think about what is the title of our profession, it's law enforcement, the word enforcement. Think about it as a child or thinking about it as an adult. When you hear enforcement, that is that can have a negative annotation to it. Mm-hmm. So our job is to enforce the law. So therefore, we are in positions and situations where oftentimes the public isn't uh, excited to see us because of the word enforcement. And then we have to do our duty, we have to do our job. And sometimes when that happens, people have to lash out and they have to sh- their emotions come out as anger or they're upset or whatever the case is yeah. and that is put towards the men and women that wear the uniform oftentimes and it's always been that way right now we're just seeing it a little bit more because frankly in the last uh, couple decades now as media has become instantaneous the public sees this information they see body worn cameras they see a recording from a cell phone camera immediately and then there, there is a certain portion of the community that wants to take a, a quick snippet of a telephone camera and run with that as to what happened. And unfortunately, society, I believe, is losing some patience instead of trusting in, in, in certain establishments and in institutions, one of them being law enforcement, is just take a pause and realize that the men and women who serve the community are are some of the absolute most highly trained people in a community and some of the most highly caring people in the community that have one desire and that's to serve the community and help people out, help their their fellow fellow neighbors out. Um, But right now folks are making decisions so quickly and, 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 and they're coming up with was this right or wrong very quickly instead of trusting in the institution of law enforcement. And so we as a community, we as uh, law enforcement, have to work with the community to help build that up. So it's almost like we're going back to uh, zero, ground zero, saying, all right, here's what we do, and this is why we do it. Uh, But we need the community to to pause and say, all right, let's listen. Let's see why they do this. Why do they make arrests? Um, Why do they use handcuffs? Why do they use use of force? What does de-escalation mean? And uh, really have those uh, conversations. Uh, but but we all have to be able to listen and communicate on that. And and right now, uh, you can turn on the news at any time. And there's there's division all over the country, both political and 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 also certain segments of society and policing. Um, and there's not a lot of uh, patience out there.
0: Yeah, that goes back to kind of those those opening comments you were sharing about being um, serving the entire community and yeah how do you serve a community where there's so much miscommunication and a, a, a lack of trust so uh,
2: so that is a misconception is is what you just said what what is in in, in the city of loveland where we have our area of responsibility Eighty thousand people that live here hundreds of thousands of people or millions of people coming through this community going in the national park just traveling through um, our community is a community of trust of low crime rates, of great relationships between law enforcement and the community. So what the television and what the media is putting in about this, this anxiety of policing, we're seeing a little of it here in the community, but overwhelmingly what we are seeing is support for law enforcement in the city of Loveland. That, that being folks from all walks of life, all ethnicities, all genders, uh, saying, We support the police department and we're saying we support the community we see that here Uh, occasionally there'll be a concern of trust and we work through that but that is uh, that is not the norm in in the city of loveland it's it's a community of uh, appreciation and trust and support and uh, i've seen it here more so than most communities in america Mm. there's great communities out there and then there's some that are really struggling this one's not one that's struggling this is a community where people are uh, supportive of their, their community. They understand rule of law, and uh, they, they want to see uh, equality and, and uh, relationships. So we've got a great thing going here in the city. Are there areas that we need to improve upon as a community? 100%, and there's always going to be, because there's no, there's no perfection out there. Yeah. So we have to work towards that. Chief Butler,
0: any thoughts?
1: I just look, exactly what the Chief said. I, I, um, sometimes I'm in awe of the support that we get from the community here. Uh, when things happen, you know halfway across the country people are uh, Asking us how we're doing how we're feeling and I think that goes uh, just a long way to say uh, that the community does support us and wants us to be part of the community and uh, Wants us to do what we're supposed to do in the community and uh, it's uh, at times it, it's um, it, I'm in awe over it about the people here in Loveland. So. I, I
0: I have noticed a lot of what you've mentioned. I mean, when some of this unrest first started, there was a very nice letter in the Reporter-Herald from the police department uh, talking about that. And uh, our, our ministerial alliance sent out a letter too. And I I think the tone and the conversation here in Loveland has been very good about this. There has been a lot of good action, interaction, and I'm glad you referenced that. It's so easy for the actions of a few, the actions that are happening distantly
2: to affect us when that's not necessarily the case. Well, it's like anything uh, as a parent or a teacher or you name it, uh, when there's an incident that is an outlier, we should address that incident and then look to see if there's any other improvements. And again, it gets to, uh, I really do think just this instant messaging that's occurring when somebody sees something, whatever the profession is, we just have to be, we happen to be in in a profession that is very visible. We wear a uniform. We work for the government. People say, we know who you are. And when law enforcement officers make a mistake, um, that should be addressed. Mm-hmm. That incident should be addressed and should be evaluated. But painting the picture as the seven to 800,000 police officers in the same light as a person wearing the uniform who makes a mistake is, is not all that productive. Mm-hmm. And you think about mistakes. Talk about that for just a minute. Um, our police department handles over 100,000 calls for service a year, Wow, 100,000. That's a big number, that would take us a while to count to that one, two, three, that's a lot. And many of those calls are routine calls for service. And then there's a portion of them that are calls for service that, that happen instantaneously and immediately. And officers in our department and others have to train and continually train and train and train so that when an incident happens, life and death situation happens or emergency happens, we can react accordingly uh, the way we're trained. But out of 100,000 calls for service, I think any reasonable man would look at that and say, will there be a mistake that happens in there? And the answer is, if you're being truthful, is yes, there will be. And that's why we focus so much on our our, our oath and our duty and our training to ensure that when we make a mistake we, we work through it, we, we train better and we get better and we're constantly looking to improve uh, and that's where we need that relationship with the community that we build every day is to say hey we're gonna make a mistake and when we do let's fix it and let's work together on it and that's what Loveland does. Loveland says we, we trust this department, we trust uh, the leadership here and, and the trainers and the officers that they'll, they'll get it right even when they might be off track on something, um, and uh, overwhelming these. This department makes great decisions every day, great decisions. Very few mistakes.
0: I, I like the way you describe that. I mean, we're we're only human. We are not as perfect as we want to be in in the pulpit, in the police car, in whatever calling we have in life. We are going to fall short, and it's up to others for forgiveness and to figure out the how to come together and to correct mistakes. Yep. We're kind of, I'll get on my soapbox again, I think we're kind of forgetting that a
2: little bit, just in all areas of the world, but that's just me. You know, and that's, that's on the other side too, not just police officers making mistakes. Uh, community members make mistakes. That's why we get called. Yeah. People make mistakes out there. And the officers on this department, they use such good discretion on how they interact with people who make mistakes in the community. Sometimes they have to enforce the law. And sometimes that's uh, incarceration in the county jail and into the criminal justice system. Other times it's a warning. Other times it's a community education. Other times they can work through that. And the officers are doing that right now as we're having this conversation. They're out there making good decisions on that. So discretion is very, very important. It's not, I think as uh, Ray mentioned earlier, uh, not, uh, we're not robots. We're people with uh, feelings and, and life experiences and able to use good discretion and thinking out there. Um, nearly half of our traffic stops end up in a warning, mm-hmm. right? Most people think that when an officer on the side of this road with the red and blues on, on a traffic stop, that that person's in trouble getting a ticket. That may be the case sometimes, but half the time, it's an officer having that conversation saying, hey, you made a mistake here. It's a minor one. Let's get you back on track so you can be safe and your community can be safe, and we move on. And uh, that, that's just the daily work the officers do.
1: And, and to talk a little bit about like the traffic enforcement that we do, we we spend a lot of time with track of traffic enforcement because that's what the community wants us to do. They want the streets to be safe out there. We get uh, people calling in about you know uh, traffic violations all the time, maybe in a neighborhood where there's kids and putting the kids in danger of speeding vehicles. So we spend a lot of time doing that because that's we listen. We're listening to the community to understand the needs. You
0: have to listen and. Uh, Definitely hearing a lot of that, and I know it is much appreciated. It's, it's got to be so tough for you all. I mean, you brought it up earlier. You're brought into the hardest of moments in people's lives, and they're, they're not happy to see you. Uh, the frustrations they're dealing with, the situation at hand, it gets focused on you.
2: And You know, and that's the challenge that, uh, since you're asking us questions, I'll, I'll give you one to take back uh, for your congregation is... Uh, we're 24-7 operation here. Our doors are always open. We're here and we're accessible. People can find me, they know how to get a hold of me. You, you got got a hold of me and here we are. Uh, we're, we're very accessible because we're public servants to our community. Um, so I would encourage people in this community and those in your congregation or anyone, if they have questions, concerns, ideas, come meet with us or invite us to a meeting. On They don't have to come into the police department. Sometimes folks don't want to do that, uh, but if they want us to come to their church or their school or a community meeting to have a conversation and work through things and share information and, and have direct dialogue that's based on truth, um, we're here for that. That's what we do. We can we can or areas of expertise. We've got officers that are experts in narcotics enforcement or in canines or SWAT or community education or schools or whatever the case is and we can connect the community to the right people and organization to share information and, and work to solve issues. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would be helpful because we try really hard on the outreach uh, as best we can, but we also would like to see the outreach from the community back to us saying, how can we work together? And that, yeah. that's the olive branch that's really important.
0: Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I've, I've appreciated that. I've appreciated how outward and, I mean, again, going back to that letter that, uh, Our police officers are willing to listen to anybody, even if they vehemently disagree with a stance. It's given me some wonderful, wonderful thoughts here. Now, as we kind of draw to a close, it's a hard time for you, for your officers, but I'd love to hear where you're finding joy in your work, where where you're seeing hope in the Loveland community and how people can join in.
2: Well, officers find joy. They just about every day, almost every day at work. They deal with some traumatic, stressful situations, we know that, Uh, and that happens daily as well. But equally, when an officer can go to, uh, something is routine, I hate to use that word because it's not routine for the person involved, but let's say a car crash. We have a couple thousand of those a year in the city. A couple thousand car crashes. Those are people that have had damage to their car, injuries, sometimes death, a lot of stress involved uh, with car crashes. When an officer can go there and they can help a victim out or uh, they can they can get somebody to the right place where they can get help, and you can see that in the, the victim's eyes that they're thankful and they're appreciative of it, that's all the thanks that the officers need, and and that feels good. So you know when you help somebody, whether they say thank you or not, and that, that's always great when you hear thank you, but you don't always have to hear that. You can sometimes feel that. Um, or they 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 help a victim of a serious crime uh, or they return property back to a victim and they see the the thanks and appreciation for that that's officers that reinforces that they're they're doing their duty and they they, they did a good job me personally um, the other night I was on my way home an officer was involved in uh, had just rolled up on a car crash where a impaired driver, somebody had been drinking too much, had crashed in the back of a, another vehicle. I happened to be in the area, was able to stop and assist that officer uh, safely and take that person into custody and and uh, help the, the victim of that car crash out and then I went home. And when I went home, I had a, a sense of Wow, that, that felt good that I was able to help that community member out and take a, uh, at least have a small part from my perspective, and taking a, a dangerous person off the streets that night uh, so that it couldn't hurt anybody else. That's all I need. I was like, this is a good day. We've helped, helped out the community. And I don't even know who those peoples, were, uh, those peoples were or what their names were. It doesn't matter. It's just what we do. So anytime you can help somebody, an officer is going to feel good about that. And they do every day, every day. When justice is done right, I imagine there's no better feeling in the world. Yep. It's all about the people. It's all about helping people, and that's where we get our satisfaction from. Truly uh, enforcing the law, that's important, that's the duty, that's the oath, but actually helping somebody out, uh, that there's no better feeling than that.
1: Definitely the successes. I think that the officers really enjoy the successes. Uh, successes can be, you know, helping out, a, like the chief talked about, a car wreck or something like that, or uh, um, you know, a th- more serious case where they can speak for um, and be a voice of maybe a victim that couldn't speak out before and get that person help or if, uh, get that family help when something tragic happens. I think officers really, really thrive on the successes of this job, and it goes a long ways for them. Mm-hmm.
0: So where is the hope for the Loveland Police Department? Where is the hope for you? How are we gonna get through this weird patch of our city's history, our world's history? What do you think?
1: So I think that uh, you see hope in when we hire new officers. You see hope in them Mm. all the time. Uh, You see the wide-eyed, excited to help, excited to be out there, excited to be part of the community. Um, We need to uh, embrace that as a community, as a department, and um, take that willingness to be out there with the community and helping the community, uh, and then the community responds back to them. That's hope. There's hope everywhere, and uh, I. I uh, sometimes it's frustrating that it is painted with such a bleak picture, because uh, it's not. We have officers that uh, give us hope every day, and community members that give us hope every day.
0: Yeah, it's, hope is there right in front of us sometimes, but we've just been, things happen, our perspective is off, and we don't see it.
2: I would agree. I, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of hope out there. There always has been hope. Um, there's just a, frankly, the media is painted a different picture, that, that this is dire straits in American policing. Our police officers nowadays are the most highly trained, most highly educated tested, vetted, ethical, honest people. They're the best, They and they're going to continue to get better and better and better. Um, the hope is there. Um, the community support drives the hope for our officers. What we see in this community is not what we see painted on the national media in this community here in the city, city of Loveland. So the hope's there uh, when we know uh, the community is in thank you notes or, or, or Mr. and Mrs. Smith down the street are baking cookies and bringing in the department saying, hey, we just thought we'd like to say thank you. That's hope. And we see that every single day in our community. Um, that's what we see. Overwhelming, we see thank yous to the Loveland Police Department as opposed to we're not happy with the Loveland Police Department. We address all of that. But uh, but hope's there. Hope's there. Um, I think we're we're in a situation right now with the tension in America, that'll pass. We'll get better. The community should get better, I hope. I look back to years ago when I was a young uh, patrolman, uh, back when the Rodney King uh, uh, riots were occurring in Los Angeles. That was 1992, somewhere around there. There was a lot of tension in America. We got through that. Law enforcement got better. Community got better. Relationships got good. Got, they improved. We've gotten past that. We're in a, we're in an era right now since uh, uh, the COVID, on top of the tensions that that mm-hmm. were. Uh, if it's not one problem, right. it's another. <laughs> we we've had we've had a, we as and I say we we as a community we as a nation have had a, a pretty stressful six months, and uh, anytime you have adversity and, and uh, resolve like that, you're going to get better. You should get better. If not, you're failing. So uh, I have hope that will get better, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll see a lot of improvements in relationships, yeah, but it's going to take every day. You can't just sit back and go, I think it's all good now. Absolutely. We have to continually evaluate that, work at it.
0: So you kind of opened the door to my last question for you. Where can the people
2: of Loveland join in the hope you see? Here's what I think uh, they can do. They can know their neighbors. Hmm they can know their neighbors, their next-door neighbors, and the house next to their next-door neighbors, and a couple houses down, and not just know them, but know who they are, know their names, um, and interact with their neighbors. Because when you think about a community, and we'll just use Loveland, 80,000 people, 118 sworn police officers, multiply that by two, that's how many eyes that you have in the community. That's not that many when you think about a 24-7, 365-day operation in a community to protect our community. If the community's protecting themselves and working with each other, we're gonna have a safer community. We'll do our part, we're gonna work really hard for our community, but if those neighbors know each other, then there is a lot less need for law enforcement response when they're taking care of each other and looking out for each other and being nice. (laughs) Being nice. If folks could just be nice that would be very helpful and that includes driving on the road because when you drove over here and when you drive back there are going to be people that do things intentionally on the road and then there's others that are going to make mistakes and if the community can give somebody a break when they make a mistake instead of getting aggressive or upset and help help just like we're trying to do with our discretion and work we're going to be a a, a better community uh, so it's it's not just the police it's the community Doing better with each other—that's mm. that's where it's at. We're we're here as a community, but the community's got to help police themselves a little bit too.
1: Mm. I, I agree. The um, you know the uh, community interaction, community pride will go a long ways in uh, making this a great community to live like it is now. I mean, I just think that uh, the citizens um, continue to uh, get to know each other and and live together and look out for each other it'll all be better
0: hope is when people come together and love each other i might preach a sermon like that one of these days i don't know and be nice sounds familiar and be nice (laughs) absolutely love and nice love and nice yes well gentlemen thank you so much for your time i appreciate it and uh, i know my congregation and members of our community appreciate all that you do and uh, just many, many thanks. Thank, well. you. Thank you. I really meant what I said in that interview. There's something about seeing a Family member who's in a profession that truly changes lives, when that family member does that job well, you can't help but be attracted to it as your own profession, whether it's ministry, law enforcement, teaching. Someone I knew who served in the U.S. Diplomatic Corps once spoke of their work this way. When you see somebody who does that well with love, brings hope, joy, and peace to people, When that effort improves the community, no questions about it, there is just nothing better than that. That's what I heard from Chief Tyser and Assistant Chief Butler. They love their work, and the officers under their command love it as well. But at the same time, there's always improvement to be had. There is veracity in that opposition argument. So I'd love to hear your comments on it. Again, remember, you can contact me at any time through the email address for this program, lovelandstrong at gmail.com. Love to hear what you thought of that interview, the questions you thought I should ask, or the ways you would have taken that conversation. There's nothing that says I can't sit down with Chief Tyser and Assistant Chief Butler again to bring up where they see hope in those circumstances, the circumstances of the questions you all have. Or better yet, I think you could ask them yourselves. I found them to be quite approachable, and it was easy to set up a meeting with them. Like Mayor Jackie said last time, our city officials want to connect with you. They want to hear your feedback and input. They don't want to be yelled at or berated. They just want to sit down and have a good, honest conversation. So if that's something you would like to do to share your point or to hear what they think about something, please reach out to them. Otherwise, once more, I am interested in hearing some of the other side's views on this. I would love to talk to somebody who's active in racial justice in our area or Black Lives Matter or one of those movements. Regrettably, I don't have many contacts in that area, so if you do, please reach out to me so I could possibly set something up. It would be a lovely bookend to this conversation that I've just had. Now, let's end off with that last tidbit of information, that last lesson that the police chief gave us, because I think that's something that nobody can argue with. One of the ways we will find hope is if we become better neighbors with each other. If we get to know the people who are right next door to us, we learn who they are, what their stories are, what their interests are. If we understand who they are as people and come to care about them, a lot of the issues that we have in law enforcement in this community will evaporate. Establishing relationships that take care of each other help alleviate some of the tension before the crisis sets in and people like the police have to be called. So We can do that by being good neighbors. Yes, friends, hope is being a good neighbor, which connects beautifully to the way I end every episode. Remember I tweaked Mr. Rogers' classic saying? Well, he was also famous for saying, would you be my neighbor? But in this case, I'm referring back to his classic quote of looking for the helpers in times of trial. I take out the E from that, the first E, and put in an O. And I'm telling you, look for the hopers. Look for the people who are encouraging and inspiring you and trying to propel you onto a better way of being. Chief Tyser and Butler are doing that, as is the person I get to interview next time, Chef Clay Caldwell of Better Gumbo Restaurant here in Loveland. I hope you're looking forward to that episode. Until then, may the hope you've discovered here sustain you and lead you on to better things. Take care, friends. The Loveland Strong podcast is done in association. Trinity United Methodist Church of Loveland, Colorado. For any questions or feedback, please email us at lovelandstrong at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being with us. See you next time.